From home to work, health to agri, this is Tech Matters on KCLR, a weekly look at the tech in our daily lives with John Clear. Hello and welcome to Tech Matters. I'll be with you up to 7pm every Tuesday for the next few weeks on the run up to Christmas. And each week we'll be covering different topics in the global tech village. We have covered home and pet tech and the future of work. And in the upcoming weeks, we'll be, we'll be covering agri-tech, health tech and car and travel tech. But the team for this week is Kids Tech. I'm John Clear and I run a company called Unmake based in Kilkenny and I help and train companies, mostly tech companies, to align their teams to solve business and product challenges quickly. I also ran the Tech Thursday events in Kilkenny for about five years. But enough about me. On this week's Tech Matters, it's all about unpacking kids' tech. You might have heard of the term digital natives, which refers to the generation that can consume digital information quickly and comfortably, and they're growing up in the presence of digital technology every day. So, when looking at kids' tech, we'll be talking about the tools and technology developed for these digital natives and and the resources for education and entertainment. We will also be looking at the difference between digital natives and digital creatives. So, let's take a quick look at what's ahead. So, joining us shortly for the expert interview will be Bill Liao, Liao, I should say. He's an entrepreneur and founder of Coder Dojo. It's a free global network formed to assist young people with learning computer programming. He will also be giving us his his insights on the future of education and work. And later in the show, we'll be talking to the O'Reilly family in Erlingford, who will be telling us all about how they use tech in their daily lives, and we'll be getting some insights from the kids and their parents on the pros and cons of tech in their daily lives. So lots more to come throughout the show. But first, let's talk to Jason Larkin of ElectroCity about this week's tech product reviews. But first, let's talk to Jason Larkin from ElectroCity. He's our tech guru. And Jason, what product are we looking at this week? Uh, so this week we are looking at the Altus. It's the GXT 1323. It's a gaming headset by Trust. So this headset here is perfect for, say, like your teenagers, things like that. Perfect gift for Christmas. It has a flexible microphone around the side. You have controls along the ear cup as well, which gives access for your volume and also say, like things like mute of the mic and things like that. Um, on top of that, it just has pretty decent bass as well. It's designed for PC and consoles, so for the likes of even if you have a PS4, PS5, an Xbox One, or the Xbox Series X, or a Switch, or either our Switch as well. So they'll pair for for that, and you'll have a one meter long cable as well, which is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. The good thing about that is that you're actually getting a cable collect, uh, connection on it. Usually, with the likes of a wireless connection, sometimes it can be a little bit of interference, a little bit of latency. Yeah, wired connection is always better for any technology, like, like talking online and things like that. So yeah, I think so. I've heard that before, where people have these devices, and there's so many devices in the room exactly. that they begin to interfere with each other. So it's important for uh, very serious gamers, I'd imagine. Exactly, <laughs> and especially even with the likes of say like the mutual and things like that, just in case like say if anyone popped into the room and things like that, you can mute the mic so that you don't okay. have any audio overlapping on top of each other and things like that. Mm. But also like it's brilliant because like like even my little brother he has something like that very similar setup at home and he's used it to like talk to his friends and things like that. So yeah. they're quite good and they have a decent they're actually quite comfortable as well. There's a few of them out there that they won't be the most comfortable. And tell us, is this just for kids now, or can adults use uh, these no, as well? No, adults could use these. Well, well, adults are gamers, aren't they? Exactly. Let's be fair. Like. Exactly. We're, uh, 
<laughs> there's a we're we're out in over the, when it comes to say the likes of the kids, but there's yep. still plenty of us out there that do enjoy gaming and that'll fit basically. It's a it's an adjustable headset, so it can fit mm. any headset uh, head type, so it's perfect for the likes of that. Oh, and by the way, for our listeners, um, we'll be giving this as a prize today. Yeah, Very good. So what we'll do is we'll let the listeners know later in the show how they can win. Jason, great for coming in again, and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you. Now for this week's tech news and views. No doubt many of you have watched the Lately Toy Show over the weekend, which raised millions of euros for charity. And if you remember, Revolut, the online banking app, teamed up with RTE for a second year and allowed its allowed its users to donate instantly from the Revolut app. So currently Revolut have about 25 million users globally and with all that data on spending they compile what is a very interesting consumer report to show our spending patterns. So in the recent consumer report Revolut say that that or sorry, Revolut say inflation has been impacting our spending habits. So lending to us basically swapping from new clothes to our new clothes for old clothes, uh, supermarkets for discount stores and petrol for bus tickets. Also, non-essential spending is down. The number of people shopping at dis- discount stores is actually up 28% and spending at kids' clothing stores is down 14, 14% compared to last year. So the silver lining of inflation, um, well, I suppose what's good about it is that it's good for sustainability because Revolut's data suggests many of us are now looking to find a bargain or mend what we already have. The number of people shopping at second-hand stores was up by 40% and spending at dry cleaners was up 14%. Plus, spending at tailors and alterations was up 10%. As many more people look to take better care and mend what they already have, so it's a little bit of a healthy knock for fast fashion. So, to avoid any more of this non-essential spending, it's competition time. So this week, we've got a great prize for one lucky listener this evening. Our friends at Electro City, Carol Kenny, have given us the Trust Gaming headset, the one that Jason was just talking about. All you have to do to be with a chance to win is text or WhatsApp us the name of the new month that begins this week. Good Lord, I think that's actually that question is actually harder than the one we had last week. Along with your name and details to the dinnersready.ie text line, that's 083-306-9696. So, what's the name of the new month that begins next week? It begins with D, that's a hint. Your name plus your details to 083-306-96. And we'll announce the winner at the end of the show. Also, if, if you have any comments to make, you can call the show, uh, or sorry, you can e- you text the show on 83 and you can email me as well at info at kclr96fm.com. Okay, up next is our expert interview with Bill Liao, but first, a quick break while some of you look up the calendar. Featuring new and emerging tech from around the world, Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear. Hello and welcome back. My guest for the expert interview this week is Bill Liao. He's an Australian-born Irish entrepreneur based in Cork who's created many successful companies. Bill is an investor in quantum software startups and general partner at SOSV. To date, he has also established multiple non-profit organizations devoted to addressing climate change, poverty and supporting the education of youth. He is also co-founder of Coder Dojo, a free global network formed to assist young people with learning computer programming. And here in Kilkenny and Carlo, we actually have Coder Dojo groups. And I believe the Kilkenny one has just started with a fresh new cohort about two weeks ago or two months ago, I should say. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, John. Could you tell us a little bit about what Coder Dojo is and, and how it works? 
So Pota Dojo is clubs where you can learn to get good at computer programming. Just like if you were, you know, wanted to get good at football, you go to a football club. You want to get good at hurling, you go to a, a DAA. If you want to get good at code, you go to a Coda Dojo. And the thing is, learning languages is best done when you're young because the brain is really set up to learn languages. And computer programming languages are just that, they're languages. So it's a great place for young kids to go and learn for free. For free, okay. And how did it get started? So this uh, young entrepreneur called James Welton came to me and he wanted me to invest in his startup. And I asked him my classic investor question, which is, uh, how many coders have you got for this amazing new idea? And, you know, a lot of the time people would tell me, oh, we've got this great new idea for a startup and, um, you know, we're going to have the best of everything. And I'd say, how many coders? And they'd say, "Uh, we're going to outsource the code because none of us can code. Uh And that's a bit like saying, hey, I'm going to start a great new restaurant on the high street, you know, fantastic sommelier, wonderful wait staff, they're mm-hmm. all former runway models, uh, you know, front of house used to work at Buckingham Palace, and you go, that sounds amazing. And uh, tell me, what about the food? And they go, oh, well, none of us can cook, so we're going to outsource it to McDonald's. Okay, and we've an absolutely massive total addressable market, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, okay. and I was like, and James said, I have two coders inclu- and three if you include me, and I was like, how did you, an 18-year-old who's just on his leaving cert, recruit two additional coders? How can you code, given how many people I meet who can't? And he said, oh, I, I taught myself, and then I taught these guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, tell me more. And he said, well, I started a computer club at my school after winning uh, Aircom Spider Junior Spiders. And uh, I taught all these kids how to code. And I was like, that's amazing. You must be so proud and happy. And he said, well, actually, I'm a bit upset because I've, you know, done my leaving cert and they're shutting the club down. And I went, what do you mean they're shutting the club down? He said, none of the teachers at my school know how to code either. And a light bulb went off in my head, right? And I was like, okay, two and two. Lots of people are trying to do startups and nobody knows how to code. And they're not teaching code in really good schools in Ireland. And I did a little research and they weren't teaching code. Back in 2011, no one was teaching code No, in, in schools. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what about running your club outside of the school? And he was like, oh, that would be a lot of hassle and I have to raise money. And I said, what if I could organize everything for free and all you had to do was come? And it's like, Bill, you're crazy. And I was like, watch this space. How did you grow it from there? Like, what was the, the key to, to growing it? So you did have many, many chefs to do the cooking. So several things, actually. Mm. One of the things, I homeschooled my kids. So I know that if you want to create a learning environment, the last thing you really want is to have to recruit teachers. Okay. So it's all child-led learning. And all the materials are already online. Like, one of the things that you learn at Coda Dojo is how to use Google. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how to use GitHub, how to use these resources. And yeah. Yeah, because we're part of Raspberry Pi Foundation now, we have all these online resources. What kids really need is just a computer, a nice safe space to code, and their parent somewhere in the room but not looking over their shoulder. Okay. And that's it. That's how you build it. And how you promote it, how you get it 
to grow. Well, you know, one of our big breaks was Nationwide. Okay, the Irish, Irish TV, TV show. show. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, they, they interviewed James. And after that show, yeah, we just got applications for kids to, to come all over the uh, all over the country. And we, yeah, we made it free forever free because we wanted to unleash that volunteerism that, that is still there in our community. We got to... Um, 128 dojos in 27 countries without even opening a bank account. Wow. So it wasn't just Ireland stepped up, you know, Italy stepped up, Japan stepped up. All these countries where, where once they saw that it could be done for free, yeah. they wanted to do it. And so, yeah, Coda Dojo is independent of schools as a club. It's, it's the largest network of coding clubs for kids in the world. So, Bill, you could say as well, by removing a lot of the friction, allowed it to flourish really, really fast as well. No bank accounts, no holding to an authority as such, and just get the parents involved and, you know, put a chair beside yeah. the kids and learn how to ask questions on Google, basically. Yep, and 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 get volunteer mentors, you know, who want yes. to pass on what they've learned. Um, <clears throat> but not a formal curriculum, right? Like, you know, if you want to learn to be great at a sport, Yes, there are some formal learnings, but really, you just got to play, right? Mm-hmm. You just got to play and play and play and play. And it's the same with code. Yeah, you could do some formal learning, but the reality is, if you want to get great, you got to play with it. You got to mm-hmm. play with the language. Coding is just a language skill, a creative language skill, and the best coders use economy of expression. And you know, if you're using creative language with economy of expression in English, we call that poetry. So, Coda Dojo is where kids go to become Coda poets. And I think I was just going to ask you the question was, how do you think the experience of learning coding is enhancing kids' development and career prospects? I think you've just kind of answered that. So I think I think that's a that's a fair point. So how is being a, a digital native? You know, the kids today like they're very much digital native, and they were in 2011. But I think they're probably even more so now. How is that impacting your viewpoint and things, and where you see Kodo Kodo Dojo going, or is it the same? So there's a big difference between being a digital native and being a digital creative. Uh huh. Tell me about that. <laughs> so you know, I think a lot of kids, you know, and it's getting worse, not better. Are held back by the de- you know the demands of technology, uh, you know, trying to make a buck off them, rather than being empowered to make a buck off technology or to make something brilliant or beautiful. Okay. Uh, I do see you know a lot of video content creators, young video content creators, and that's getting easier and easier. Yeah, but coding hasn't gotten a whole lot easier. Okay, and I and you know there are some actual mathematical rules why, <laughs> yeah, um, and so it's it's a tougher skill. Now, look, don't get me wrong; anyone could sort of pick up coding and do some scut work and get paid. Mm. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about you know how do you create the next new thing, and and by the way, everything is code. You know, a big area that I invest in is biotech. Yeah. DNA is digital code. Make no mistake. And so if the very building blocks of life are digital code, literally there is no area where you can't bring creative coding and revolutionize the world still. What other patterns are you seeing notice emerging based on the work you've been doing? A big chunk of of diagnosis and therapeutics is going to be taken out of the hand of doctors. So, yeah, 
there is always going to be certain careers and certain parts of careers that, yes, you're going to need to go to college and learn it, mm. but less than you think. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you're saying there because the talk now with parents and their kids is that, you know, they kind of understand now that when kids grow up into adulthood and they go to college, the courses that they'll be doing are not necessarily the courses that are there at the moment. And also, I think what you're suggesting as well, that if you wanted to grow up to be a doctor, you'd imagine that really doesn't change that much. But if they're taking away part of the curriculum, so the diagnostics will go somewhere else, that that frees up that role to... Um, so we could see, yeah, so like, you know, we, the moment you can see some companies where the moats are falling down and they're shifting into other categories. So it might be a case that certain roles will actually move into different categories as well. So doctors can well, move into another pattern. area. Yeah. That's that's the pattern. All sorts of areas of human endeavor are moving into different places. And the way we work post-pandemic mm. is changing. I, I mean, you know, I live out in West Cork mm. and I have a Starlink dish. So oh, yeah. I am connected to the rest of the world for 99 bucks a month. But the reality is that it is indistinguishable for most people dealing with me on a day-to-day basis where I might be in the world. And here's a really important part. Mm. Most creatives are introverts. Like most of the world's best creatives are introverts. And introverts don't necessarily do their best work in an open plan office, sorry to say. Yeah, I think it's very interesting because we're seeing it a lot ourselves in terms of if we're doing workshops, so there's, you know, the, the asynchronous work and the synchronous work. So it's like, Sorry, it's about the, the work that's asynchronous, which is when you're working uh, not together and synchronous when they're all working together in real time. So these things are now becoming an issue, an issue in terms of what's the best way to, to get the work done or, or be creative as well. So, yeah, I think it's it's quite open for debate on that, because I find for me, some creatives, like you said, I think they are introverts and they do some of their best deep work when they're away from everybody. But sometimes the innovation and the synergy comes from them getting together, but just for a short amount of time and then. Back again, spread out again. Or or in a small group. Bill, both of us share a favourite quote of mine, and that's the from the science fiction author William Gibson. And he said that the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. And it also reminds me of another quote from Andy Grove from Intel, and he said the snow melts at the edges. So I always think with, you, with, your, with your work now, Bill, that you are always stomping around, I think, where the snow is melting. Is there something, any patterns that you're seeing at the moment or what it, what's happening where the snow is melting at the moment for you? I think there, are, you know, the, the, the snow is always melting in deep tech, okay. whether that's life sciences, whether that's quantum, whether that's, you know, robotics. The deep technology plays are really interesting. And to get into deep tech, you, know, you still do need to get into college. You still do need to learn stuff that is very difficult to learn outside of a college environment. Mm-hmm. That's changing, though. You know, there are, there's a lot you can learn outside of college now, in, in, even in deep tech, but you, you do need the math. You really do need the math. Okay, that's, that's the key, really. Okay, yep. listen, Bill, that's all we have time for. I'd just like to mention as well that the, the Kilkenny Coder Dojo, like I said, they've started their cohort about two months ago. They're looking to get more mentors. They're looking for people to maybe donate some old computers, etc. And they're also looking for sponsorship to keep the show on the road. So, Bill, much appreciated for your time and thanks for coming on to the show today. And go Kilkenny. I love Kilkenny. Yeah, we should go back soon. <laughs> Excellent. Cheers, See ya. Cheers. Bye, John. 
And coming up after the break, we'll be talking to the O'Reilly family in Erlingford about kids' tech. Don't go away. You're listening to Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear, taking a weekly look at the tech in our daily lives. We've got a great prize for one lucky listener this evening. Our friends at Electro City and Carlo Kilkenny Waterford have given us a Trust Gaming headset to give away. All you have to do to be in with a chance to win is text or WhatsApp us the name of the new month that begins this week, along with your name and details to the dinnersready.ie text line 083-306-9696. We will announce the winner at the end of the show, and now we're going to talk to some kids about Kids Tech. Okay, for our interview today, I have three lovely guests, and I was wondering if each of the guests could introduce themselves. So, could you please tell me your name and where you're from? Hi, this is Roshi O'Reilly. I am from Kilkenny. And what age are you? 11 years old. 11. And over to you? Hi, my name's Ashley O'Reilly. I'm from Kilkenny, and I'm 13 years old. Very good. And we have? Hi, my name is Carl O'Reilly, and I'm 10 years old. Very good. So now we know a little bit about your ages, the next question I have is... Do you guys watch TV? Netflix probably in the TV. On the actual TV you'd watch yeah. Netflix, but would you be watching RT in different TV stations? Mm, only if it's like the late late toys, really not. Ah, and rushing or actually, do you? Sometimes. Sometimes, but would you spend most of your time on the television or on a tablet? Tablet. Tablet. Got well, I would watch YouTube and I would watch uh, on like RT and different channels like that for the for, for the matches. Oh, for the matches, for the for the live games. Wow! And do you guys own a phone? Yep. Roisin, do so you have a phone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of phone do you have? It's a Samsung. Samsung. A twelve Galaxy. I have a phone, a Galaxy A twelve. And Carl, do you have one? No. Not really. Very good. And what do you use the phone for, Roisin? Um, for texting my friends. Yes. Calls and uh, watching videos. Um, and for Ashley, what do you use the phone for? I would use it for calling or texting my friends and family. And I'd use it for social media. Social media. And there's loads of different things you could use on social media. Yeah. Okay, so we might look at all those different things you can use for social media in a minute. And Carl, so you don't have the phone, but you like to use... Nintendo Switch, a PlayStation or a tablet. So you like games, basically? Yes. What's your favourite game? Fortnite. Do you have a tablet? Yes, I do. What kind of tablet have you? Uh, Is it a Samsung? Yes. And what do you use the tablet for? Games. Mainly games? Uh, Roblox, Snake.io. These are the games, are they? Yes, a Soccer okay. Star. And, and Ashley, what, what do you use the tablet for? Schoolwork. And do you use it for all the different subjects? Yeah, most of them. And what, what kind of subjects or what kind of things do you do on the tablet for school? Like, is it books or...? Well, I have books downloaded on it in case, like, I forget my books or anything. Okay. We also have an app that the school use called Teams. Right. Oh, an app called Teams. And what do you use that for? The teachers might put up an assignment and we'd have to do it through Teams. Ah, Microsoft Teams, is it? Yeah. And anything else that you use the tablet for? For your books, is it? You just download books? Or? Yeah, that's kind of it. And Roisin, what do you like using the tablet for? I like using the tablet for watching Netflix and looking at videos of how to draw things on YouTube. Oh, right. Draw things from YouTube. We're going to come back to that as well, because that's a little bit of a creativity that you use the, the YouTube for. And then, Carl, obviously you like the gaming, so you like playing the games on all the different devices, but mainly the Switch, you said, was it? Yeah. And if I was to ask you all, I'll start with Roisin, actually. What's your favourite app? My favourite app is probably Snapchat. Snapchat, and what do you use Snapchat for? For texting my friends. Roche or Ashley, what, what do you like the... What would be your favourite app? Um, 
Mine would be either Snapchat or TikTok. Snapchat or TikTok, okay, for the same reasons as motion yeah. for using the Snapchat. But what do you use TikTok for? I like to look and watch different videos, dance ones. Like dance ones, okay, so you use it to watch the videos but you can actually put do videos as well for it as well i like tiktok too but i don't do the, the, the dance videos but I, I watch a lot of tiktok and yeah it's loads of fun so we looked at apps that you use on your tablets and you use on your phones and you play games on the switch they're all things you use for school and you use for play but look at some of the other things like what, what is a bank That's bank is where you secure your money where you secure your money okay and you do anything else there um you can put in money or take out money. You can call? Uh, when, when you're young, you can keep your money until uh, you're older. Until you're older. So that's what you'd use a bank for. And do you guys have a bank account? Yeah, yes. You do? Yeah. Okay. And what kind of a bank account do you have? Uh, What's it called? We have a Revolut bank account. Ah, you have a Revolut bank account. And you all have your own individual Revolut bank account? Yes. Yeah. Very good. What do you do in, say, Roaching, when you're using your Revolut, what do you use it for? Um, I'd like to buy things in it. And anyone else use it for anything? We get pocket money on it. You do? chores to get money and spend. Oh, so you get you do chores and then... And saving. And saving. And do you have different accounts for saving as well? So yeah, we have vaults. Vaults, okay. These are the vaults, okay. And that's what you do. So this is something you enjoy doing then? Yeah. You do, yeah. And so who puts money in and out of your account? My dad. Really? Okay. So they can have some control on your account, do yes. they? Yes. What do they do then? They put money in? Yeah, and, and, take and, and take it out. And take it out. Like when we're spending stuff out of their money, they sometimes take it out if it was out of, like... If we forgot our card, just say, and um, we want to buy something, they could take it out of their... They can take it out of our account. And then ah. they pay and then they pay very good so our money comes out of our account into yes. ours, and then they pay and then they pay and else that your parents would use well, Revolut for they can freeze ours they could freeze your, your card in gold or if we much. lose our card or if you lose your card so they can stop you and somebody else takes it they can freeze it so they can't use it wow okay so that's a, that's a bit of a pain isn't it if they can freeze your card <laughs> yes it is what's the best thing about Revolut I think the best thing about Revolut is probably like the spending the money. The spending the money. Well, that's a, that's a I, good point. I like the way you can save. Like the way you can save. And you're saving for anything at the moment? Uh, Christmas present. Christmas well, present. I saved up for one or two nice bits I got. Very good. And Kat, are you doing a savings account uh, at the moment? I'm saving up for a soccer ball and I saved up for runners. And and I'm saving up for Christmas. And can you all tell me how much you have in your, your no. Revolut accounts? No. no. Well, I, tr- I tried, I tried. <laughs> Roisin, your Revolut card is a little bit different than the other, your brothers and sisters' card. Why is that? I got to design my card. And how did you do that? Um, I, mam, me and Mam sat down and she built, they didn't do the old one, so now you, you could go onto the app and you can customise the card, so it could be like things like emojis you can put out and put on your card. So you were saying that you use YouTube for drawing, is it? Yeah. So what do you do? You go onto YouTube and you find. I just, I just say I want to draw a bird. I could search that up and then I could copy the video and draw it. And do you use it for anything else besides drawing? Um, knitting sometimes. Really? And what? How do you use that? I'd look at, I'd look at the picture and I'd try to do it then. What I'd like to talk about next is homeschooling. So do you remember when that happened? Yes. And was everybody happy about it? No, kind of. 
okay. It was okay. Okay, great. Yeah. For the homeschooling, did you have to use your phones? Tablets. Tablets. Tablets, right. So what did you use the tablets for? We used the tablets to send our work that we did to the teachers, so then they can, like, correct it online. Very on good. On Seesaw. That's an app, is it? Yeah, and they used to send us work in it so we know what to do in our copies and stuff. Okay, so you got the work delivered to you and then you did it in your copy books at yes. home. We'd have to send a picture out to show what we did it. And to show a picture then of what you actually did, to yes. prove that you did it? Yeah, yes. Okay, and did you enjoy that? Yeah, well, um, kind of. It was nice though, because just say in school you probably had to wait a while, like it could take well, like, in school for nearly six hours, primary wise. Mm-hmm. But if you're at home doing all that work, you could only take like two hours, not even maybe three. Very good. And. Did you enjoy the experience? Yes and no, because you didn't get to see your friends and mm-hmm. I didn't like the RTE hub. Why? Well, what was wrong with the RTE hub? Uh, I found it kind of boring. Kind of boring. And what is the RTE hub, is it? It's where, it's like homeschooling, but there's like three teachers. There's one for the younger ages, um, like middle ages and older ones. Yeah. And I just didn't like it because mm-hmm. I found it boring. And tell me then... Uh, if there was a piece of technology or if you could look into the future, what would you like to see in the future? Flying cars, flying Fly- hoverboards. Flying cars, flying hoverboards. Uh, flying cars. And why would you like to see flying cars? Because then there's no point of roads and it doesn't burn fo- fo- as much fossil fuels because they're in the air. Probably the tickets, you'd have to buy tickets to get to different countries. Just if you had to go on holidays, you don't have to worry about paying extra if you pack too much because you'll have like the fun on boat. All the airlines are charging you for baggage, is it? Yeah. yeah. Right, so if you're flying car, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. And guys, what are you hoping to get for Christmas this year? Um, I'm hoping to get a desk and a Cooper helmet. A desk and a Cooper helmet for Roshin. What's a Cooper helmet? It's a hurling helmet. Okay, and no technology? No. Very good. Ashley? I would hope to get clothes and like a bedside locker. Clothes and a bedside locker, very nice. And for Carl, I'm guessing it's gaming, is it? A jersey, a jersey? FIFA 23, uh, a phone. A phone, you're hoping to get a phone, are you? Yeah. Okay, guys, that's all the time we have, so thanks very much for coming in today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And after talking to Roisin, Cottle and Ashling, we do have to talk to the parents as well. So I have Nicola here, his parents of the, the three kids. Nicola, thanks for coming along. More than welcome, John. So, question I have for you is, what are the things that parents should be watching out for with regards to safety and security if you're getting devices for the kids for Christmas? From my perspective, any of the phones or tablets that my kids have, each of them are monitored through Google Family Nick. And that, to me, will be the most important app that you could download as a parent. Because what it does is it monitors exactly what they're accessing and how long they're accessing it for. So for me as a parent, if any of my kids want to download an app, it comes through me. They okay. cannot download any app to any tablet or phone without my say-so. I have to put in the password. And in addition to that, I can monitor their screen time, which is hugely important. Not just the amount of time that they spend on the phone, but in particular, times that they spend on any apps. As well in our house, the biggest one is TikTok. Yeah. And if either of the girls in particular are on TikTok for too long, they have a set amount of time they can be on TikTok for, the app shuts down. Oh, the phone so doesn't shut down, the app shuts down. Now, I can also limit the amount of time that they spend on the phone and I can shut the phone down and they can still make calls to me if they need. But it means it prevents unnecessary time spent 
on that phone or device. I suppose it is very hard if a, if a, if a kid has access to a device sitting around now. It's hard to police that all the time. So this is... It's virtually impossible to police it in that respect. That's what Google Family Link does. It does it for you, so which well, is super important. And this Google Family thing, this sounds like a, a real panacea for a lot of things. <laughs> fit. So where do people go and find out about the... Basically, if you have your own phone, it's normally there with all the Google app and it's just called Google Family Link and, and you download it. Good. And once you have your email address set up, you can add family members. So my husband has Google Family Link as well yes. and he's the co-parent on the account. So he has control as well as to what ac- what they access and how long they have to access it for. Yep. So I have time limits set for each with the device that the kids have. Mm-hmm. But in particular, this for, for me and the girls, TikTok is the issue. So that's the one that I have set to shut down okay. after a certain amount of time every day. Are you looking at TikTok yourself? Yeah. Yeah, so I... <laughs> So I can understand uh, how I, quite easily the, the, the mindless scrolls, scrolling we all do it, it can happen so easily and mm. I suppose I'm conscious of the fact that if I can mindlessly scroll so can they Okay and that, that's an issue because we're getting things like the algorithm then isn't mm-hmm. it so In you, terms you, of algorithms I suppose this is TikTok to me has its advantages and disadvantages right. One of the main advantages is I have two girls who love dancing Okay So they can learn lots of new dance routines mm-hmm. and TikTok is really cool for that However they can also look at things that aren't so great and not really educational. And the algorithm, as soon as they start looking at rubbish, basically, mm. it gives them more of the same. And then, like with Carl, he wasn't as much into the TikTok and no. the Snapchat, but more into the gaming. And is there an element of control that you can with the Google? No, I, perhaps there is. If there is, I don't know about it. Mm. With Carl, Carl's thing, I playing on Nintendo Switch or his Fortnite and he or, or his PlayStation sorry yes. and the games he likes are Rocket League and Fortnite yeah. now like that again that has to be policed in terms of time because Fortnite he would spend way too much time on it if he was given it screen time for that is limited but I have a way of actually perhaps some listener might know of a better way yep. but I just tell him he, you have one hour and yes right. and you just monitor it that yeah. way and then, look, so we were talking about TikToks and we were talking about some of those apps that are the social elements. And then the, the, the stuff that's not social as such, that has uh, use. And that's things like Revolut, which the kids were talking about. So I said, the other yeah. bank, we have Revolut. What do you like and dislike about Revolut if we're going down the same line with TikTok okay. there? Okay, what I love about Revolut was we started using it when COVID happened for the simple reason it meant I... For your kids? For both of us. In terms of, if I was bringing the children into the shop and they wanted to spend their own money, it mm. meant now they weren't handling cash. Okay. And during the time of the COVID, I felt it was safer. And it was only from there I realised it had much more benefits. Mm. So each of them has their own card. Mm-hmm. And what I find fantastic about it is Ashley is now 13. Mm. So if she goes to the shop, I can actually see what she has purchased. Ah. That comes up on my parent account. Anytime she uses her card, taps her card, it tells me how much she spent and where. So it's a feature is that it, it good th- good feature is that it monitors yeah. their spend. Okay. In addition to that, it has a place within the app that they have on their phone or tablet that tells them how much they have in their account, mm. and it gives them the option of putting some of that into a savings account. Yeah. What I like about it as well is we give them pocket money every week, okay. and it comes directly like a standard order direct debit on a Thursday, mm. they get their pocket money. Yeah. And they can also do chores. Yes. So they get shops around the house and I love that because... This is interesting because I just want to talk about those chores. Yeah. In terms of, that's actually a feature within the yeah. Revolut app as well. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Sorry. For us, I want the car cleaned on a Saturday morning. Yeah. I'll ask usually Roisin to go out and do it. Yeah. And she'll say, I will for five euros. 
Right. So what happens is, is she makes the request that she's going to do a chore. We agree a price and I send it to her in Revolut and she can put it away. And what's also great is for Ashling, if she was out and about with her friends and realized she actually didn't have enough money, mm. she can send me a request saying you owe me 10 euros. Yeah. Okay. And she can stick a note in saying why she wants money, yeah. which is a great feature. Okay. So we have like a thing, the features within it, like you have savings, which is almost separate than the, the main area where you yeah. might keep some cash. And then you have the reward system. Do you think that's a good thing for the kids then, that all of this kind of... It is because what it does is it teaches them the value of money, but it also gives them that bit of financial freedom to manage their money, okay. which I like because they have the facility now to save for things. Yes. Well, one of them is saving for a new pair of Nike trainers. Yeah. So she has a few bob put aside in her savings, but she has her own money then left yeah. the main account to spend. And it's a great way for her to see, well, if I keep putting money in there, I'll have the price of the trainers quicker. And she still is managing her money per se, what she chooses to put into that account determines when how soon she'll have her trainers. And, and again, what, I, what I find interesting about all of this, it's obviously a utility for kids that they can use now. And it, 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 I believe in, in a positive way. And I can't think back to when, when I was a kid and I'm trying to think about what utility did the banks provide me back then. And I think it was, people can remember it as far back, there was the Henry's Hippo Savers, which was yeah. everyone wanted to open money an account. Box. Yeah, because you got a money box. <laughs> but, but I mean, a lot has changed so it's, from the perspective of the kids, their idea of banking uh, has this kind of utility is now kind of revenue and the state. I'm sure it's the same for some of the the other digital banks. But, but is there anything happening in terms of the Irish banks? For I haven't seen much. And I suppose when I started out with the kids trying to teach them something about saving, yeah. I actually used the unpopped one where they had a little savings card. And um, for each euro, you had an acorn stamp. And when you had 20 euros, you lodged it to the account. And the difference I find with this is they seen nothing. They knew that they got 20 euros of stamps saved and then just disappeared on them. They didn't see where it was going. Yes. Whereas with the Revolut, if it's in their little savings account, they can physically see it. Mm. And it's different to your post office book. That wasn't as meaningful to them as um, seeing it on a nap and on the screen. Yeah. So there is, there is positive elements then to yeah. savings. And I, I think I see that in them. They were saying that they were saving up for certain things. So mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting way. And I mean, the last question then really is in, in terms of let's say parents and managing kids with tech what would be the let's say the main tip that you would give for people the main tip would definitely be google family because it gives you control over what they're accessing and when they're accessing and is it for free it is oh, free as well okay so that's really useful and what are you hoping to get nicola from santa for christmas bit of peace for this morning when they get their gifts <laughs> yeah i i, I will imagine look it's really good great to have you thanks for coming in With the latest tech news, insights and reviews, this is Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear. Right, welcome back. The winner of the gaming, the Trust Game headset is Valerie Redmond from Boris. So congratulations, Valerie. Valerie. So here's my summary for today. Kids will be so much more successful and happy if they're self-taught. And what I mean by that is engaged in something outside of their existing school curriculum. So it's up to us to encourage that creativity. And remember what Bill said earlier on, he said there's a difference between a digital native and a digital creative. Kids are bombarded with information online. Consuming that makes them a digital native, but a digital creative puts something back into the world. That's a creative intent, and we should encourage that. So don't get caught up in thinking in the old analogue way of my kid going to a prestigious college, which is really only a reflection of your existing analogue world and signalling. It's not their world, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go to college. What I'm saying is that in the next decade, colleges will change, not because they will, 
but because your kids will demand it. And on a lighter note, I'd like to thank my guests today, the O'Reilly family from Erlingford, that's Ashling, Roshin, Cottle, Nicola and Liam, who refused to be interviewed. And of course, we had Bill Liao from Quarter Dojo, who asked me to mention that the Cork Quarter Dojo is on every Saturday in the Republic of Work. The show notes for this week will be on the KCLR website soon. And you can find all the information there. And that's it for this week. Thanks to our show's engineer, Mr. Bridgeman, Catherine Fibbs, our producer. We'll talk to you again next week. We'll be talking about Agritech back at six on Tuesday. And we'll talk to you then. With the latest tech news, insights and reviews, this is Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear.